Hey, so before we get started, I wanted to talk to you guys about Disney Plus. Now, I know by now you've probably heard about Disney Plus, the new streaming service that includes Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, and National Geographic. With all these amazing brands in one place, Disney Plus has one of the most incredible libraries in the entire streaming landscape, and it's all ad-free. From classics like Snow White to today's blockbusters like Captain Marvel and Avengers Endgame, the content on Disney Plus is truly unparalleled. And if all that isn't enough, Disney Plus even has originals like The Mandalorian, the first live-action Star Wars series. So don't miss out. Go and sign up today and start streaming and tell them Hayes sent you. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of the Awakened Soul Podcast. And right off the top, I want to make sure you're following the podcast at Awakened Soul Pod or at the Awakened Soul Pod. You can also follow me personally if you choose to do so at CEO Hayes at CEO H A I Z E. We got a packed show planned for you guys this week. And uh trigger warning, I guess, if that's what we're gonna uh if that's what I'm gonna be calling it. Uh we there's a lot of content in here um built around racism. Um, themes of race, um, depictions of black people in film, um, and then towards the latter part. So in the main discussion topic, we kind of have a twofold main discussion topic this week. Uh, we'll be talking about the uh, Two Distant Strangers short film um, that is on Netflix streaming. So uh, a lot of content uh, this week that we'll be going on, going over. Um, no guests this week. It's just me. This is the last call. Uh, we'll get into what that means uh, throughout the show. And so if you've been following me, you guys kind of already know it's the last call. It's 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 things are ending. Everything goes, comes, goes, changes. We'll talk about it over the course of this episode of the Awakened Soul podcast. So you know what? Before we get into any of that, though, we have to jump into my dark and twisted, crazy ass mind. And before we do that. <laughs> we got to get into our intro music. So we're going to go ahead and start our intro music. And on the other side of that, we'll be jumping into the In the Mind of Hayes segment. I'll see you guys there. The following is a Breaks Media podcast. You are now listening to the best podcast in the world, The Awakened Soul, hosted by my dad. beautiful people so we are in the mind of haze and i got a couple of things to talk to you guys about um the first one that i want to talk about is falcon and the winter soldier and so this is not a review of the show or the or specific episode um this is kind of just what i'm left with and then you, you'll see that running through as a theme throughout this episode uh but the themes of race in the falcon and the winter soldier and i touched on it a little bit because they got into it and I think it was either the second or the third episode um, but it's really been getting deeper and deeper as the show goes on, and especially in the most recent episode. Um, so in that episode, we get um a, a character, his name's Isaiah Bradley, who was somebody who went through the super so or was experimented on um with the super soldier serum, the same one that Steve Rogers uh was experimented on with. And the 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 thing that's so powerful about this, and while it like it has parallels 
to the uh, Tuskegee experiments and just other things that have happened. Um, the thing that really stuck out to me in this, and if you pay attention to the to the themes in the MCU in general, is that Isaiah Bradley, this character, was jailed, experimented on, made to disappear for doing the exact same thing that Steve Rogers did in the original uh, in Captain America: The First Avenger. And by that, I mean he um, his his team was captured um, as POWs, prisoners of war, and rather than let them die. He decided to go rogue and went in and busted them out. Same thing Steve Rogers did, where Steve Rogers was celebrated for it. Um, Isaiah Bradley was jailed and and made to disappear, and they buried his story. And that's something that we've seen themes of over the course of of Black history. And this is one of the dark sides of of this country that we don't talk about a lot. And so, yes, he was experimented on. He showed the scars, and we saw what that did to Sam. It may, Sam, who was already thinking that he wasn't necessarily worthy of being Captain America. If he even wanted to pick up that mantle that Steve Rogers left him when he left him the shield, that kind of sent him down this road of, let me just go back home and take care of my family. Like forget all this for a while. And so a great episode. And then even in that, and this is the thing that, you know, I, I talked about it a little bit on the breaks radio where we talked about allyship. And so we get a great conversation with him in the winter soldier with Bucky. Um, in this and where he said that when Steve, aka Captain America, told him what he was planning on doing, that he didn't he doesn't think that either one of them understood what it was going to mean for a black man to carry the shield of Captain America. And so and that that's something that I think that it's that bias that people you don't know what you don't know. Right. So to say and that and I think we need to remember that sometimes when it comes to our white brethren is that they don't always they can never let me not say they don't always they can never truly understand what it's like to be black in this country they have ideas they can relate to how you feel about certain things right they can relate to feelings of being shamed or whatever else i'm sure they can they can understand the feeling of that but they won't understand the exact thing that we go through and so in this in the mind the hay segment a lot of what i'm talking about is how black people are the the black struggle how it's depicted and i think where as the falcon and the winter soldier get it very more respectful in my way and in a way that feels more true to life and that's one thing that's been great about the mcu in general is that the that the way that is depicted as being real like they try to make it as real as possible and so those themes being in that show and the way that they that were and then even in him talking to his sister and like so I, and again, let me let me let me rein it back in. So in the court, like we get Sam saying to him, I'm sorry, Bucky saying to Sam uh, that we didn't understand what it was going to mean for a black man to carry that shield. Um, Sam responds with the, the shield has and this is a, I'm paraphrasing. This isn't exactly how it was a longer conversation, but saying that the shield has a complicated legacy. And I think what that means is that the duality in what America represents versus what is behind the scenes and under uh, underlying narrative in this country at all times. And I think that's depicted as well greatly by Isaiah Bradley saying that no self-respecting black man would ever want to be Captain America. And then when you look at his nephews, Cass and Ash, I believe is what their names are. Um, but when they see that shield, them playing with it, they and at one point, one of his nephews tracing the outline of the star and knowing what that represents. And I think the thing that overall in this country is that 
what America claims to represent isn't always what's in the history and what's shown. And they're doing a great job at depicting that in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And even him and his sister saying, are you going to let Isaiah Bradley make that decision for you? And I think what a key thing in what they did in this is that they made sure that having Anthony Mackie character and Sam say, like, had I went through what he went through, I would probably be just where he is. But then that, that goes back to kind of the theme of what I like to do with this podcast is showing that you don't necessarily have to agree to understand somebody's standpoint. And that, I think, is ultimately what, like, comes about in this conversation, um, the conversations that happen over the course of the show. And so I want to, like, really commend Marvel for, like, t- because Marvel could have done this show. They could have overall, like, and even with Anthony c- taking over the shield, they could have completely eliminated the race aspect they could have painted it as this whole thing of race doesn't matter and they could have not touched on those racial themes at all and i want to commend them for doing so and doing so in such a respectful manner to me and i know there's some people that would disagree with that and that's perfectly fine again this is the start of the conversation this is not the end all be all but just for me it just it means so much to have the mcu and i know it's not in the film for people who want to detract from that but to depict this and pay respect to a lot of what's actually happened in true to life. So that's my thought on that. But on the flip side of that, and this is, this is where there's a couple of different conversations I want to have with this. So them, the series, them on Amazon. Um, how can I say this in a respectful way? The show is beautiful. The show is shot masterfully. Um, even that you can tell there's a lot that went into the story. My issue with this show is kind of the flip side where I feel, I feel, and the, again, you may feel differently on that, and that is perfect on this, and that's perfectly fine. Whereas I feel as the MCU is doing it in a very respectful manner in how they're depicting the plight of what it means to be black in this country. Them, on the other hand, f- seems like to capitalize on the black experience and black struggles. Um, and by that, this is what I mean. And this, this is uh, spoiler alert. Sorry if you haven't seen all ten episodes of them yet. Slight spoiler alert, I don't go in, I'm not going into like any, uh, as much specifics, but the, the issue that I personally have with them is that I feel like this showing them could have been so great, either if they made it true horror without necessarily making the racism what it is, um, or if they would have just depicted, because the black story is like, it's horror in of itself. The fact that a lot of this stuff happened, that's horror in of itself. The thing that I have a problem with in this series, them, is that they depict it as the devil made me do it, right? That the racism, the devil made me do it. I would never, these people would never, and even in one of the characters, and you, for people who watch The Fool Show will know who I'm talking about, I'm trying to avoid going into complete spoilers with that, is that this character, this black family comes into town back in the day, and this white I believe he's a reverend pastor. He welcomes them. And then as the 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 devil in this case, the literal devil, um then kind of manipulates him and turns him into a racist to where he kills this family. And so I don't to me the black experience like I said is is horrific enough than to blame it on on the devil made me do it. To me that is a slap in the face to the actual racism that happened just because people do bad shit this whole thing of the devil made me do it listen i don't like blaming everything on the devil outside of it being racism or whatever else i don't like it being this thing of like when the good things happen we 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 put it on god when bad things happen we put it on the devil and yes i'm i'm a christian i'm religious but at the same time 
people have the power of choice. And these, some of these things that happen are just people deciding and choosing, whether it's because they were taught that, because it was because, whether it was because of their own ignorance, them not being aware, but they chose to be and act and do these heinous acts and to just lay, label it to the devil made me do it. And maybe that's just me possibly looking too deep into the themes. It bothered me and it, it took me out of the show. And it, that that's my opinion on it. Um, And so that leads me to a couple of different things while we're still on the hollywood thing is that i'm i'm in a filmmakers group um black filmmakers at that because as you guys know i i i am a short filmmaker now working on my third uh not a shameless plug but but so i'm in this group and the conversation about them turns from us having conversation about the black experience to bashing black british actors for being cast as african-americans and the thing that bothers me in this, and I think I've actually touched on this a little bit before, is that for so long, we wanted to see black, more black faces rather than whether it be like the three same ones in rotation. We want to see more black stories, black faces, black actors on on film, on TV, on whatever else it is. So then for us to take a take. And this is why I feel like as much as we want to call out racism, we need to call out the inner racism sometimes that we have even within our own culture. And so like this, and I, I don't know if, if I want to label it under the crab in the bucket mentality, or if it's more broad than that, but for us to take the, a, a, almost a black Renaissance in film, a, a new black Renaissance in film that we're getting so many black stories, so many new black actors, and not all of them are going to be huge or be blockbuster actors or huge a-listers in the long run but the fact that we're getting more stories and we're getting exposed to more faces and then for us to tear ourselves down within because they're not from america and this is where the whole conversation over nationality and ethnicity 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 jesus i talk so fast sometimes race and all those being different things and people don't see that they don't see how they are being kind of xenophobic within within themselves, but xenophobic. So that that bothers me. Um, and it's a conversation that I just was completely frustrated that that's what it turned to. And I, I mean, let me know. And, and that's not to say that we don't want to see more African-Americans cast. But at this point, we are, like I said, to me, where I sit, we're in a new black renaissance when it comes to film and TV. Not everything's great. We got a, we're getting a lot of good content some very solid, amazing level content, and then some things that kind of aren't as good as, as either one of those. But we're still, if you look at it, we're getting more black projects. And so to, to tear down, because more black faces are being cast by the fact that they're British or anything else, to me, is just like we're missing the point if that's what we're going to start doing and, and dividing it there. And, and we're tearing ourselves down from the inside out. Um, so that's just my opinion on that. So in in this last couple of things, and we're winding down this in the Mona Hayes segment that I want to talk about is the new um, Election Integrity Act uh, in Georgia that went into place. And a lot of you guys may be familiar with it at this point. Um, and that's it's it's made voting a lot more restrictive. And it's been taken as that it's going to negatively, in fact, impact the black voters more um, in that. And some of the rules are like. Nobody can like only certain people can offer water and then longer wait times and how that um, contributes uh, ID restrictions, absentee ballot restrictions, all, 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 all types of restrictions. I'm not going to break them down into each and every one of them. But 
there's been a lot of backlash in the black community um, because of this. And because of this, like Will Smith um, and a couple of other big name um, productions have now pulled their production out of Atlanta because of this in support. Um, a couple of cho- chosen to stay. Tyler Perry's one. Um, Tyler Perry, who I look at, I look at it different with him um, because for Tyler Perry to pull production out of Atlanta would basically mean for him not to use his own production facility that that he created a, a facility where bad boys three and coming to america the sequel um were both uh, filmed at so like and c- at the same time so I, I look at it a little bit differently when it comes to tyler perry and i understand people who say that tyler perry because he because of his base in atlanta and because he's his roots there and, and how how major atlanta as a city has been to him um, in his rise, I understand why he's getting, why people understand. I also understand why there's some negative backlash to that. But I think we need to keep in mind the fact of like, it's not like Will Smith who production, they go to Atlanta to, to film where they don't own that studio. They don't own that physical location. So technically they can go and film anywhere. Um, but with Tyler Perry, it's, it's a little bit different. He hasn't said any plans to pull out Ryan Coogler, um, has said Black Panther 2 isn't moving out of there as well. And I know I, I gave Marvel props earlier and, you know, Ryan Coogler has said, um, and I'm glad that I didn't record this initially when this, um, the, this news came out because it's giving us, giving some time and adding some new context. So what Ryan Coogler is, he's actually a part of people who are trying to actually cause change and bring more awareness to the change in Georgia by having their productions there. And so that is a positive thing, um, that, you know, while, and I'm sure Marvel also, even though Ryan Coogler is the director, I'm sure Marvel has more say than that if if they're going to film in Atlanta. Uh, Marvel's done a lot of filming in Atlanta. I believe the show that I was just talking about, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, was filmed a lot in Atlanta. So um, I understand both sides of this. I understand why people are pulling out. I understand that you want to try to bring awareness by staying there. You want to try to raise funds, um, possibly, you know, bring up the morale by filming there and and what that means. Um, but I, I guess I present this more as a as a question. Question: How do you guys feel about because of the the new um, the new rules and laws in Georgia um, about the black support there? Uh, should more artists be speaking out about this? Should filmmakers pull out of this? What ultimately does that help the cause? Um, if it does, I think ultimately for me, the way that I look at this, and this is me processing it as I'm recording, is that for this to change. We need to keep awareness on it so that way when the election and voting does come up, the black community shows out again and turns out and causes some change uh, with these rules and continues to just go forward and hopefully fix this thing. It's, it's, yeah, unfortunately, this is just the way that the country works. And Republicans, after the way that the election went, we know that they were going to be trying to do the things that they can in the states that they have footholds in. This is... I wasn't that surprised that they changed it. I was surprised that, um, that, uh, you know, it got as much notice as what it did initially at first, because sometimes things like this happen and they're kind of swept under the rug. So I'm glad that even though, um, even though that this, this happened, that it's, it's been covered, uh, by white outlets, by black outlets. And that this is the way that it's, if it's going to change, if it's going to get back to more of a fair place, that's the way to go about it. So those are my thoughts on that. That's the end of mine. Hey, segment. I know a, pr- a pretty lengthy one. The end of mine. Hey, segment is usually a shorter segment. We got pretty in, in deep in depth there. Um, so we are going to go ahead. We're going to take a brief break. You're going to hear a commercial for another podcast. You're going to hear some music. And then on the other side of that, we're going to jump into 
uh, what I'm calling the last call. Um, but, but we we got some conversations before we necessarily get into the last call. Um, so we'll, we'll we'll talk about that when we get it. Let's go ahead. Uh, I'll catch you guys on the other side of this. Being a mom is probably the most rewarding thing that I've ever done. I have my own company, but I'm a mom first. A young urban mom, it's not an experience like any other. When you're young, you're growing with your kid. You're growing into that identity. Developing and creating a community of moms that are basically sharing information with one another so that we can be stronger moms. Perfect imperfection, beautiful chaos, doing the best you can every day, falling down nine times but getting up ten. As long as you are led by love, you kind of can't lose. Moms coming together to share information so that we can be great parents for our, our children. Us being the change we wanted to see in the world. Yum came into existence. This podcast is brought to you by ESET, the global leaders in cybersecurity. ESET business solutions range from endpoint and mobile security to encryption, two-factor authentication, and advanced threat detection. And they've just introduced their new endpoint security management platform called ESET Protect. The ESET Protect business security bundles take security to a whole new level. For small businesses and MSPs, I recommend ESET Protect Advanced to cover all your security bases. ESET Protect Advanced includes endpoint protection, cloud sandboxing for advanced threat detection, and prevention, full disk encryption, file server security, and cloud-based console. Right now, you can save 20% with this limited-time offer. So you're not only getting best-in-class cloud-managed protection against advanced attacks, you're enjoying a significant discount. Not yet convinced? Don't worry. You can also get a free trial and an interactive demo at business.eset.com radio. Get 20% off ESET's new business cybersecurity bundle, ESET Protect Advanced, at business.eset.com radio. And so we're in the main discussion topic of this week's episode. And so it's a twofold one. The very first thing that we'll be talking about is this short film, Two Dis Strangers, starring Joey Badass, weirdly enough, um, who did a, a pretty okay job. Not great. Um, but he's again, for somebody who's not an actor, really good job in the story uh that I that I loved. And so the thing that I want to talk about from in this show is that. <laughs> It's such a great short film and such a great one that is meant to bring notice to something that we've been dealing with for now years in a row. Um, and, and, you know, for anyone who's not familiar with the show, so the ba basic outline of the show is that Joey Badass is somebody, it's kind of like a Groundhog's Day-like story um, for anyone who's familiar with that or Happy Death Day uh, for my horror fans. Um, but uh, set in New York, and this guy is waking up after a night of meeting a girl that he really likes, sleeping with her. And he just keeps getting murdered by the same cop. The very first one is a uh, it's it's basically um, how George Floyd died of of saying, I can't breathe. I'm sorry. Eric Garner is the one um, is the very first one. And that's the I can't breathe. Apologize. Um, 
And and that alone was powerful. Like seeing the whole way that that first cycle or loop, I guess is what we'll call it, uh, plays out is just powerful. And it's and it's one that leaves you like, man, what the fuck? And then when he wakes back up the same uh, that in the same place that he started from, it's it it's 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 just powerful because you're left hanging on the fact that damn, not only could this happen, this is something basically that happened. And of course. You know, it, liberty's made for the story. Um, but then he 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 dies like George Floyd later on. Um, there's a time where he decides to stay in the apartment, and uh, then they bust swap bust in, and they think it's a different apartment. He gets shot that way. Um, and overall, this loop that that keeps happening is just different interactions with him and this cop killing him, and that alone would be powerful because it's it's bringing. Like I said, light to something that we have seen in the news for years and years to years. It's summer after summer after summer after summer, and not even just summer sometimes, that we get where it's like open season on black men. All in the news. We're dealing with something now. Um, so that alone, like I said, would be a very powerful story. But the thing that makes it different is that it starts off so the very so one of the times and this is where like it takes it it takes it to a new level he decides to just stop and talk to this cop and he explains the story and he says i know this is going to happen i know this is going to happen and the cop kind of just like well you you better get out of here then like um and so he walks away and he goes down this alley and he sees uh these two kids run off and the other cops come and he kind of just knows i'm finna get shot watch and it happens and then so he wakes up the next day, he explains to the cop again, and I think there was a couple more loops after that. But uh, eventually what we get is him having this conversation with this cop that he has where he shows that he knows what's going to happen. And him and this cop, he says, you know, well, why don't you just take me home? And um, he gets in the backseat with the cop. They're on this, ro- this ride and they, they connect, whether it's over how black people see cops, why the guy, the guy became a cop. Uh, and he gives a he gives a really surface level answer like, well, I see a country that was losing its way. He's like, no, why really did you become a cop? And the guy says, I was tired of getting bullied. And Joey Badass's character says, so you became a bully? He says, no, I put the bullies away. And so like you you start feeling like these guys are connecting on a different level. Um, Joey Badass's character is learning something. Uh, the cop played by Andrew Howard. Um, one of those, and Andrew Howard is one of those actors who you've seen and stuff. But I've never known his name. Like, I, I can't remember how many movies I've seen this guy in. He's the stereotypical, like, bad guy or Eastern European uh, looking guy. Like, but, um, and they, they have this thing where, where they connect. And overall, Joey Badass's character is just trying to get home to his dog, which is something I can relate to with these two behemoth of beasts that I have here as pets. Um, and so you think, oh, well, this, this is going to close the loop. Like, they talk, they shook hands. Joey Badass is walking home. And then Andrew Howard, the cop character, starts clapping. And he's like, of all the ones, you did this. And it's revealed that the cop is in this loop, too. He is aware of every time he's killed this guy. And he pulls out his gun and he shoots him. And he's like, see you you tomorrow, see you in the morning or whatever it is. And it's just like mind boggling. And so the way that I took this, and again, I know sometimes I tend to look at things a little bit deeper than probably what they need to be looked at. is that the cop is making the choice right to kill this guy and on a deeper level with the themes is that while as this is affecting joey badass's whole life to the cop this is business as usual this is intentional this is just another day at, 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 at 
at work. And that in of itself is powerful. And so I'm going to play a clip from uh, Kumo later on um, that, you know, he went on he went on this rant. And so it highlights the thing that and let me let, let, and I don't want to paint. And I want to be very careful here because I have family members that are cops. I have friends that are cops, uh, people I used to work with. Shout out to Dad's Talking Shit podcast whenever they come back that they're cops um, and they're black, black men. So I don't want to paint every cop with this broad brush. Like, I think we, we tend to do that. And I understand it's the system more than sometimes specific cops. But that's that's another story for another day. Um, but the thing that I want to focus on here is that, um, like I said, this is business as usual for a lot of them. And they get to go back on, live their lives. Whereas this inherent fear that we have, um, that we're not being seen, that it's not being taken seriously for the people who think that or want to call out. And the thing that pisses me off that we get a lot is how many black people are, were killed by the blacks. Like, fuck all that shit. When the people, no matter how many black people in hoods kill each other over whatever else, whether it's gangs, drugs, whatever else, that does not compare to organization who is here with the idea of protecting and serving us being as fearful as them as we are for the gangs. And so that's something that I think a lot of people don't understand in this. And I think this short film really tries to drill that message home so much. And I understand this is dramatization. It's not necessarily how all of these situations went. I get that. But the theme of this film, the trigger warning of this film, is all very something that's very much valid and something that it needs more light needs to be brought brought up to. Um, and just like I said, this is just a beautiful film. Um, one of the last, uh, I think it was the last time we saw him die, his blood formed in like outline of, of the country of Africa. And it just, it, it's, it's a powerful, powerful film. And as someone who creates short films, I fuck, I wish I can pack a short film full of this much meaning. Um, just uh, overall great film, not that big of a cast. Um, it's a, it's a short watch. It's, it's like exactly 30 minute long film. So it's one of those films that you can watch get in and out of watch a couple of times if you want to if you think you missed something and i just i wanted to take some time to highlight on it but something that i want to talk about that it's funny that i watched this film the same day i saw this clip i'm gonna play this clip for you first and then we're gonna come back and talk about it so we're gonna go ahead and play it now there's so many others you're here people what are you gonna do when you see these shootings you know what you're gonna do that george floyd did you hear about him that dante Wright. did you hear about him that 13-year-old Adam, you know he was a gangbanger. Why do that? Because you want to make the problem them. Takes the onus off the idea that you're wrong about policing not needing to change. Forget that police are trained to deal with noncompliance with force that is not lethal. Hey, comply or die. You know what I mean? And you know what the answer is? You really do. You don't like it. I don't like it. it. Scares me. Shootings, gun laws, access to weapons. Oh, you! I know when they'll change. Your kids start getting killed. White people's kids start getting killed. Smoking that doobie that's actually legal probably in your state now, but they don't know what it was. And then the kid runs and the pop, 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 pop. Cop was justified. Why'd you run? Oh, he had a baseball game tonight. Huh? white kid oh big family that house over there those start piling up what is going on with these police oh what maybe we shouldn't even have police that kind of mania that kind of madness 
That'll be you. That'll be the majority because it's your people. See, now black people start getting all guns, forming militias, protect themselves. Can't trust deep state. Woo-hoo. You'll see a wave of change in access and accountability. We saw it in the 60s. That's when it changes because that's when it's you. So my job is to show you in them. All right. And so that was a powerful statement by, of course, Chris Kumo. Um, if I'm saying, I always feel like I'm saying that last name wrong. And that is that white people will never really understand until it's their child, right? And even then, even then, I don't think they'll really understand unless it's a black cop who, who, who is unfortunately on the other side of that. If, it, if it's their child being harmed or losing their life in an interaction with the cop. That's just my personal opinion. I know not everyone may agree with that, and that's fine. Um, but I think there's, so there's, there's two sides to this conversation, right? The one side of it is we've been saying this for years, right? Black people, prominent black people, us in the community, on social media, activists have been saying the same thing. Does it take for a white person to say it for it to be taken seriously? And even then, I really think this is going to be one of those things that's taken, heard, it gets popular, like retweeted in social media, mainly by black people, and that it really doesn't cause any change. But will that change not happen until it's a white child who is who's unfortunately minding their own business and something gets mistaken for a weapon or, or some interaction goes left and they accidentally lose their lives? Is that when police reform will come? And again, police reform, I think, is the is the pos- is the key word here, because Things need to change. If you look at what is ha- has happened in this country over the last handful of years, hell, since the existence, and if you don't think something needs to be changed, then you're willfully ignorant. And that doesn't mean that you have to think that, and I get it, some people think white privilege isn't real, some people think that white oppression isn't real, some people even think that racism isn't still a thing. But at the end of the day, if you look at the statistics, even if you feel like racism didn't play a part if you look at the statistics at how many unarmed people, even like I said, if you want to take black people out of the way, but I'm specifically talking about black people have lost their lives. And if you don't think that something needs to be changed, whether it's the training, whether it's the, the, the uh, them, if, it, if it's stronger protocols in which they, they are allowed to use their weapon, whether it's being prosecuted for the deaths and, the, and this happens at a higher rate than what it is. If you don't think something needs to be changed at some level, you're willfully ignorant. You're not only part of the problem, but you're a fucking idiot. And that's my personal opinion on this. I don't give a fuck. And I know I say a lot about this is an open conversation. I want to hear you guys. I don't give a flying fuck how you feel if you don't think that something needs to change with the police system in this country if you don't think that needs something needs to be done something can't be done to be changed to stop people from unnecessarily losing their lives you are a fucking idiot and i don't want to hear your opinion on this subject i don't give a fuck how you feel about it i really don't i don't care i am a black man who has to raise black men in this country my son xavier's 15th birthday was just this past past weekend just drove to go spend time with him and celebrate that but I, I know that I have to teach my son at 15 years old because he's 180 pounds and six feet tall that he has to be aware that to somebody he he's threatening 
Like you don't, you will never understand that pain until you have to have that conversation with one of your children. That's a conversation and that's a level of innocence that you have to rip away from your child that you can never fucking get back. And to think that things don't need to change while parents have to have conversations like this, you're an idiot. That's it. That's all I have to say about that. Um, and, you know, as far as like Cuomo saying it and it coming from a white man, um, and if that makes it more digestible, I don't, I, I, the people who choose not to look, I don't, I don't give a, I don't think they give a fuck who says it. Um, that's again, that's my opinion. I may be completely biased and, and turned on that, but that's just what it is. That's my opinion on it. And that's coming off the, um, again, powerful film in, uh, two distant strangers, great use of music, beautiful visuals. Like some of the drone shots in that, in that film were fucking amazing. Um, and I know I just went really hard left and then came back to the right side of things as far as like in my tone and what I'm talking about as far as like getting back focused on the film great film check it out I'd love to hear how you guys feel about it but getting to the last conversation in this episode of the Awaken Soul podcast so this is titled The Last Call I've been teasing it I said I'd be recording the last episode of the Awaken Soul podcast <laughs> um and by that this is what I mean all things come to end they have to evolve. Um, sometimes things have to die. But with that being said, um, death is a rebirth in a lot of different ways. And when I say that this is the last call, it's the last call for the awakened soul in a way that it's been done. Not necessarily different from kind of how this episode has gone. Um, but I feel like, and I have to hold myself accountable, right? And the last time I did this was an episode called Get the Fluff Out, where I called myself out for kind of Taking it easy, getting away from some of the deeper con uh, concepts that I have been talking about for a while and taking it easy for a while, doing more easily digestible content. And I had to call myself out while not nearly at that level. I don't think anyone could look at the awakened soul and say that I've pulled any punches in the last couple of years. Um, but by that, I mean, because if you can't tell, I love talking about film. I love talking about music and just to kind of walk through the journey and the process in this. Um, when I started The Awakened Soul, right, we, I had, I talked about film. I talked about music. We had a whole segment called The Cypher um, in which we talked about music. Now that kind of got cannibalized and because The Breaks Radio came about, I wanted to focus on The Breaks Radio. I wanted to leave a lot of the music conversations for there since that is based on hip hop music. And I took a lot of those conversations away, even though they were different. The way that we review music we talk about music news. We talk about like some of the higher concepts in music, like um, song structure and things like that. But I got away from how music reflects what's going on in, in, in the culture. And The Awakened Soul, when initially would have started because it was my only podcast, it was literally everything that I've now separated out to different podcasts. So I have the Film Frequency, which focuses on film. I have uh, the Breaks Radio, which I'm in. Let me not say I have. I'm a co-host on the Film Frequency. I'm a co-host on the Breaks Radio, um, and those things have kind of separated out. We're, we're and let me let me kind of frame this a little bit more. My next tattoo is that of a phoenix, and I really feel like the phoenix is my spirit animal. Meaning that I had an episode two, I think, called Rebirth. Um, after I went through my divorce, I went through a rebirth of myself, and that's how I discovered podcasting. That's how I discovered and and focused on my passions. I wouldn't have found film if it wasn't for that, and so I the awakened soul needs to grow and change we've been around for almost four years at this point this august will be four years we're not too far from that and because things need to die and sometimes things need to be re reborn when i say it's the last call i don't mean the awakened soul is going away forever i mean 
this format of the awakened soul is going to go away and i know i've been a little less consistent over the last uh, couple of months there's been more weeks where i haven't done an episode than at any year ever uh that i've been podcasting and i think for me it's because i've kind of capped the things that i talk about on the awakened soul because i don't want to cannibalize my other podcast because we have great people who work on that podcast and the thing that i've really been thinking about and battling um is how do i reintroduce those things while not taking away from other things and i think for example like with music i just said how i'm gonna bring that back so to bear the lead here the way the reason this is called the last call is because this is the last call of me the the awakened soul not being what it was originally set out to be and by that this is what i mean you're going to start getting more bonus episodes again um the awakened soul is going to become more of a hub for all things our culture you're still going to get your episode every week but you're going to start getting more than an episode every week we are transitioning the 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 podcast from well the awakened soul from a podcast so really being a platform. And by that, I mean, we're going to bring back film reviews like I just did with Two Distant Strangers. That could have been a special episode. So compelled, I wanted to make sure I talked about it here. But we are going to be introducing more content in a way that is reflective of what the base of The Awakened Soul is. You're going to be hearing from more people. I know for a long time, I think I, I, st I stopped using as many guests as I was because I wanted to focus I wanted I, I needed to pull that out of myself. I didn't want to rely on guests. I wanted to have guests as I wanted to connect with certain creatives and the conversation I felt brought things out in certain creatives. And I think one of the best examples of that is me working with Courtney on the Malcolm and Marie podcast. You're going to be getting more stuff like that. So whereas the base, the weekly full episodes of The Awakened Soul are going to be still what I've been doing, um, a little bit different. But this podcast, your subscription to this is going to mean more because you're going to start getting more. You're going to start hearing more voices on things like TV and film. Those things specifically, I'm going to be more open to bringing more guests in because it's more of an open conversation. The higher concept things that we do, the lists, the self-help type things, that's still, like I said, as I need a guest or as a guest add, can add to that conversation, you'll be having them there too. But we're going to eventually get the thing that we're going to start off with two episodes a week you're gonna get we're gonna get back to our sunday releases sunday night releases of the awakened soul the full episode we're gonna have midweek releases wednesday whether that's talking about something like captain i'm sorry the falcon and the winter soldier um and the themes of race whether that's talking about them whether it's talking about how this album meant something to me you're going to get more of me. You're going to get more guests. You're going to get more insightful. Your subscription to the awakened soul is going to mean more. So when I say last call. I mean, we're doing last call on this being a traditional podcasting platform and release schedule. We're getting more to being reflective of all things in this culture. I always say this is the number one podcast for the culture. And that is going to be a statement that I make me mean more in the way that I deliver it. So everything has to come to an end. But that end isn't actually always the death. Well, yeah, it isn't actually always the end. Sometimes things have to end to start back. And one of the first episodes that I'm going to be bringing you guys um, as a midweek catch up is I'm going to be going over one of my favorite, favorite shows ended in shameless. I'm going to be talking about some of the best finales in TV history and a lot of the shows of the culture, how they ended, how endings of shows either can make the show be better or good in the ending. We'll talk about it, but be looking out for more content for me. I have this whole studio that I built and it's time to use it, put it more and we're going to do more live streams. Some of these off week 
topics are going to be live streams. So when I say last call, it's just last call for how things have been done. We're going into a new generation of the awakened soul, a new phase of the awakened soul. And um, that we were in phase two of the awakened soul. I guess we're now going into phase three. So be on the lookout for that. Um, if this is your first time listening, this may be confusing. Go back and listen to past episodes. But you're going to be getting more content from me outside of the other podcasts that I do. Um, so that's it. That's what I wanted to talk to you guys about. Um, I know I had people scared with the whole last call thing. Like people took that shit way left. Uh, but it's going to be great. Uh, this has been another episode of the Awaken Soul. If you want to follow the podcast, you can do so at Awaken Soul Pod. If you want to follow me, you can do so at CEO Hayes. That's CEO H A I Z E. You can also send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, the Awaken Soul Pod at gmail.com. You can also send us a voicemail, 614 547 2039. We are the number one podcast for the culture. Like I said, that phrase is going to be meaning a little bit more here shortly. Uh, and that's it. This week we out. I love each and every one of you guys. I say that every episode. That's the way I end it because I truly do. I love all my supporters, all the listeners of The Awakened Soul. We got some big shit planned. Um, and you'll be on the lookout. Be, well, you'll see it, but be on the lookout for it. But I'm signing off. Peace. Peace. Bye. Sayonara. All that good stuff. I'll see you lovely and beautiful people next week. I'm out. No, I'm not angry at them. I'm angry at the system. It's not even about me no more. It's about some nightmare that these people have. But I'm still a survivor, you know, I'm still smiling, still signing autographs. But soon I'ma go crazy. I was addicted to the dark side. Somewhere inside my childhood when it's my heart die. And even though we both came from the same places, the money and the fame made us all change places. How could it be through the misery that came to pass? The hard times make a true friend afraid to ask. I can't receive, but you can run to me when you need me. I'll never leave, honestly. Someone to believe in, as you can see. This is a small thing to a truth. What could I do? Real homies help you get through. And come anew, he'd do the same thing if he could. Cause in the hood, true homies make you feel good. And half the times we be acting up, all the cops. Bringing a cease to the peace that was on my block. It never stops when my mama asked me, will I change? I tell her, yeah, but it's clear I'll always be the same until the end of time.